0: to the EDM podcast. My name is Connor O'Brien. If you're new here, this is a show where we interview artists, producers, and industry experts, really anyone who we feel can help you grow as a producer. As always, this episode is brought to you by EDMprod.com and the online resource dedicated to teaching electronic producers the tools and tactics needed to make better music. If you want to level up your production skills, whether it's learning, the basics, writing better music, improving your mixes, or developing a more creative mindset, we've got you covered. Now, in this episode, I have a chat with Clement Leroux. Clement LaRue is a talented producer and musician currently based in Belgium. He's released on labels like Universal Music and Armada, and he's released official remixes for artists like Armin Van Buren and Cat Dealers. Now, in this episode, we start off with Clement's background, focusing on the lengthy journey to find his current sound and style. This process included a successful previous artist project that he completely dropped because he wasn't in love with the sound, as well as attending an audio engineering program in London that he was overall very satisfied with. Clement discusses what he learned from these experiences, offering his best advice on how to find a sound that's both unique and true to yourself. Now on the production side, Clement breaks down several aspects of his writing and production workflow. He discusses how he starts tracks and how he knows whether or not an idea is worth finishing, something that a lot of producers struggle with. He also offers advice on making piano VSTs sound a little bit less digital, how he approaches writing his vocal top lines, and how to make your drums sound more realistic with DIY home recordings even if you don't have a great microphone or any actual drums to record. Later on in the episode, Clement discusses how he's been dealing with writer's block during the pandemic and how he's been getting creative on social media with his recent live performance covers. He also discusses his upcoming album coming out this September, as well as the creation of his new live show. And before we slide into the interview, I'm going to play you a preview of Clement's latest single. It's a track called My Go To out now on Armada. It's a really phenomenal track. Definitely go give it a stream if you like it. With that, let's wrap things up and get to the interview. Here's the EDM Podcast with Clement Oru. Welcome back to the EDM podcast today I'm joined by Clement LaRue, Clement how are you doing today? I'm really good, how are you? Not too bad. So to start I'd like to learn a bit more about your background with music, you can go back as far as you'd like but I'd like to learn what got you into music and later on music production.
1: Sure, um, so basically I've been uh, playing the piano since forever, I mean I, I actually started like when I was six or seven years old. And later on, I discovered electronic music, and uh, um, my uncle uh, introduced me to Logic Pro when I was about 15. When I was 14, I wanted to become a DJ. So, like for my birthday, I received this little controller. Uh, it was it was actually s- super tiny; it's like even smaller than a keyboard, you know, for for a computer. Yeah. So it's actually uh, like when I look back, it's it's crazy how far I've come. But um, then at 15, I. Uh, I uh, discovered Logic Pro and I started like tweaking and playing around and actually got um good at it so I had like a, a few um like I had like a little band on the side and uh, was uploading stuff on SoundCloud until I decided to go to London um to study sound engineering and um when so when I was 18 I moved away from my uh, parents place and yeah I, I decided I wanted to Go my way and do my stuff and, and try something that uh, sounds like me because I was in the whole like tropical vibe, um, movement, you know, like, uh, trop- tropical house thing, uh, Kaigo and everything. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to differentiate myself from all of this and, uh, trying to find my own sound. Um, and moving to London actually uh, helped me grow as a, Both as a human being and uh, as an artist, uh, with the UK pop rock scene—you know, Coldplay, uh, all Mm -hmm. these guys—so obviously influenced uh, a lot my music um it also like all the people that I was meeting you know I met people from Turkey to Italy to the US to I don't know so like so many cultures I, and I mean you can imagine that it's so great I mean for uh, inspiration and everything so the whole thing was just like a whole pack where uh, I you know worked on on songs and eventually I developed them and it became my own sound and I'm really happy to uh, be releasing all these songs I've been working on for these past three years on uh, on Armada as my debut album uh, in September. I'm really happy, um, like the whole way we've gone. I, I met my manager in London as well. Uh, he was from New York. He discovered me online and mm. uh, he said, I, you know, uh, I have no one, but I want to sign you because uh, I really trust in your music. And I'm like, well, I have no one, so you can come, <laughs> come on board. Dude. <laughs> I and, love that. Uh, yeah so we've been uh you know like working a lot uh this past two years um on strategizing and and doing a you know like having just Basically, um, a plan for the for the next years and our first idea was to go to Armada and uh, and see if they're you know if they would be up to releasing some music. We ended up releasing a song called "You Get My Heart" that actually passed five million streams on Spotify yesterday. So I'm super Congrats. happy. Yeah, thanks, man. And um, so obviously it was doing well, and Armada was like, okay, well we'll take a chance with two others. So there was a Parted Ways and Cruise. Cruise passed actually two millions yesterday on Spotify. And as these were also doing well, we signed an album. So it's coming out in September and I'm super, super happy.
0: So there's a few things in that that I want to touch back on. So the first thing, um, going back to when you were first getting into production, you said your uncle introduced you to Logic. So you know, didn't know anything going into it? Was your uncle kind of mentoring you? How did you learn how to, you know, actually operate it and then start to produce some songs to the point where you were thinking about releasing? You know, when you start making a song, it, 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 at like at that point, when you start
1: playing around with a, with a new software that you're actually not familiar with it, you can make a song with like, maybe like three instruments in it for six minutes. That's going to sound the whole, like the same and super bad, but you're going to be so proud of yourself. You actually want to put it out. You know, it sounds, it sounds really bad, but you're still like, no, (laughs) this is the best thing I've ever made. You know, and, um, and actually you, you get better with time. You know, it's a lot of patience, a lot of, uh, YouTube uh, tutorials (laughs) and, um, and, and really just uh, at that point, my, uh, my, um, my scholarship started like really going down. Like I was not studying. I was just literally like making music back home when I was getting back from school. It's a lot of time, a lot of, uh, of yeah, of dedication.
0: So kind of moving forward, you said that you studied uh, sound engineering in London. What yes. exactly did that um, curriculum consist of? Because I feel like, you know, you hear a lot of great sound engineering colleges that you're actually hands-on learning the stuff that you want. Then you hear some not as great ones where people are just building synthesizers from scratch and they're like, this isn't making music. So kind of where did you fall on that spectrum?
1: Well, actually, I'm I'm going to give a little shout out because I have a, some, uh, uh, like the best two years of my life there. So it's, awesome. uh, I went to SAE. It's actually a very famous uh, sound engineering school. Yeah, They also do s- cinematography and stuff like film and anyway like they're really good it was actually very interesting because I mean I didn't really um, learn anything on audio production uh, side but um, on the studio uh, recordings uh, techniques and on you know like on the whole like signal flows and all the, the the physics behind the the sounds and everything. It really helped me a lot um, on the technical side, I would say, but not on the creative. I mean, you can't really, nobody can teach
0: you a creative side, really, I
1: guess.
0: Kind of moving forward, um, you mentioned that Armando kind of first gave you a chance with the first single that you did with them called You Got My Heart. And I believe that was the second single that you had for this project, right?
1: Yes, exactly. So I first started with, a, actually the third one, because I first started with a remix of Offenbach. their uh, super hit, uh, Catchy. And and then I released the song on Universal uh, with another producer and it's called Secrets and he was out. Um, and then you, uh, we went to, uh, to Armada and they straight away wanted to give us a chance. So we are super grateful for that.
0: That's awesome. So how did you initially land that track on Universal, given the fact that you were so early on in your career? I think that's you know something I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, hey, your second original was released on Armada. For a lot of people, it takes them a lot longer to get there. So kind of talk on that.
1: Yeah, well, uh, as I mentioned before, um, I had an earlier project. So um, I, I was I, beforehand, I released a few songs uh, on Armada as well two, two, with my previous project. Uh, so yeah. I had a few contacts, but concerning Universal, it was just, I don't know, it happened like this. Uh, the other producer had a few contacts and Universal was interested. Um, so it got sent there. But then it got, got us some leverage to, you know, then go to Armada and say, like, you know, we are very new, but we are doing well and I, hopefully you're going to give us a chance. And I mean, it literally happened really fast. They said yes. And uh, and now we have a very long
0: standing relationship. So there's one more thing that I want to touch on. You kind of talked about how while you were in London, you were able to kind of step outside of what was your comfort zone with producing in that kind of tropical house style and spend like a year or two finding what your signature sound was. You talked about, you know, all the different influences was really important for you, but anything else reflecting back on that was really helpful for you to just narrow into the very distinct and interesting sound that you have now?
1: I mean, I I don't really know, you know, it's a lot of, um, of time that you pass on, uh, in your computer, on your, on your instruments and you kind of like it, it just from your guts and from all your influences. And then it start to, you know, building, a like a, a specific sound. And, uh, I mean, I know it's one of the hardest thing as an artist to, to find, you know, it's like, Oh, I don't want to copy that person or that guy or what you can hear on the radio. Uh, yeah. I, as for me, it was really like, um, a, a necessity. Like I, I wanted the people when they hear one of my songs, I wanted the people to be like, Oh, all right. It's, it's Clement Leroux, you know, it's, it's him. Like yeah. y- you can hear it. And, uh, that was really something I, I've been looking for, uh, for the past three years. And I'm super happy, um, with the, with how it turned out. And, uh, because I've always been into this rock, um, kind of pop and also indie electronic kind of vibe you know like rufus yeah. du sol or all these kind of really chill vibes as well um as well kind of poppy like Coldplay was a huge inspiration as well um so i guess listening to the album you can hear the inspiration um from a few artists but like it, the whole thing is a bundle of uh, Clement room i guess
0: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And I actually kind of had that written down as a note where, you know, your music fits on Armada, which is a dance label, but I could play it to my parents that aren't really dance music fans. And I feel like they can still get it in the same way that um, a lot of the artists that you just mentioned kind of blur that line between what's electronic music, what's dance music and what's just pop music. So I think it's interesting to hear that that was a somewhat conscious direction that you had as you were trying to narrow in on what is your sound.
1: Yeah. And it was also a challenge for Armada, you know, because as you said, they're a dance label and, um, I'm, I mean, I'm an electronic music producer, but, uh, mostly like it's, it, it's melting, um uh, electronic music and acoustic music, you know? So it's, it's yeah. very much, it's, it's not likely for Armada to release something like this, but like they also wanted to get out of their comfort zone, I guess. And, uh, and they were on board straight away, even though that might be like, they're a trans label, even, um, uh, But I mean, it was a challenge for them. And they're also trying to get into this more chill vibe. I mean, the the fact, just the only fact that they trusted me, uh, it means a lot, you know.
0: Yeah. Cool. So I think that kind of wraps us up with your story for now. So sliding things over into production. First thing that I want to pitch you, just a general question is, what is your general process look like for starting a song from scratch? Are you on the piano? Are you in the DAW? What does your process look like? At least for getting those initial ideas down
1: basically how it works with me I sit down I pick up either the guitar or the piano and I start jamming I start just basically playing some random uh, chords melodies and stuff and then when I hear something uh, like when I I'm playing something that really inspires me on at that moment I'm gonna record it and then make a loop of like maybe I don't know 30 seconds and then f- try to find some um, a, a top line uh, so yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sing some basic lyrics like, oh, you're so beautiful today. Like, you know, some, <laughs> some, some really stuff, like super basic, <laughs> but like just to lay down some, some top line and then, yeah. um, uh, and then either I'm feel I'm feeling really inspired. And I'm going to continue that, that same song the whole night and I'm going to do all, the whole arrangement and, uh, and, uh, and the lyrics um yeah mostly that's how it happens really it starts on the piano or on the guitar and then i lay down some harmonies uh and some drums and uh and yeah i did do a big demo and i send it to my manager josh and uh and from there he says like oh that is awesome or that sucks because that's what also what's awesome as uh, with him is that he can tell you if it sucks or if it's awesome (laughs) and i really need that you know as an artist you can't have like a yes man
0: You mentioned that you, you know, get some inspiration, you're jamming, you get down like a 30 second idea or so, and then you decide whether or not you want to continue on with it. What percentage of those ideas that you initially get down that you think could be something actually end up getting into a released track?
1: Usually when I make a track and if I make it on, in six months, like, you you know, on a on a timeline of six months it's, yeah. it's gonna end up not being my biggest track but if i do it like literally in 12 hours and i have like basically the finished demo and i just have to you know work a bit on details and stuff then at that point uh, i know it's gonna be a, a good song like you got my heart i made it in yeah. like seven seven hours i mean it's a very simple song as well but like it's now like today to this day it's still my uh, best record
0: I think it's funny how that happens. Like I know Tycho, um, the musician, talks about that with his music where a lot of times he does have to spend, you know, weeks and weeks on a track, but his most successful track to date in Awake came out in like an eight hour session. And I feel yeah, like you exactly. see that with a lot of artists, like it's great when it happens and you can't always prepare for that. But you know, I think it's good to just see how far you can get that idea and that initial seed to go in those first few days.
1: Yeah, exactly. But sometimes it's also very frustrating. I mean, you, you know, you've been working on for, for eight months and at the end you're actually really happy with the result. And when it's out, you're like, "Oh fuck, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> uh, like, oh, yeah. I'm super happy with myself. And actually you're like, all right, it, it get like, you know, it's not, but I mean, it's also, uh, it's also exciting. I mean, you, you, yeah. you never know how a record uh, is going to work. And uh, that's also what's exciting in this industry.
0: So one thing that I want to ask you about is, you know, so much of your music, especially recently is piano driven. What are your kind of go-to sense when it comes to piano sample libraries?
1: I'm really bad with that stuff. Actually. Um, uh, I don't have a lot of plugins. Like the, the, the only plugins I have are silence, nexus, and now I just bought a, a few contact, uh, presets, but like, I'm really bad. Like I have nothing. I just basically work from the logic library. Uh, and yeah. now as I moved on to Ableton, now I need to, you know, to actually put my money in, in some plugins, but, uh, yeah. most of all, um, one of my f- most important plugin is called piano tech. Uh, it, it's, uh, so it's like piano N T E Q piano tech, uh, six and, um, it actually like it, it was all recorded from uh, real pianos even from like pianos from uh, from the 1950s you know like uh, it, it's actually like really really natural and uh, and it really fills up the whole track and as mm. as you mentioned um, like the piano is really important in my productions i don't want, uh, my piano to sound really cheap. Um, and I don't for, like normally have, you know, the budget to go in the studio and record a real piano. Yeah. So, um, yeah, piano tech is really like my, my go-to. Like I just rely on this, uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. And also you can change like the tune, like basically like you can make it sound like really old vintage, like out of tune uh, to like very recent. Like
0: if you just bought it, it's, it's really good. I'm very happy with it. So you mentioned that you like to avoid a piano sounding cheap. I think that's something even with like good, you know, piano libraries, like even some of the good contact native instruments, libraries can sound a little bit cheap. So anything else that kind of helps you just to make piano sound a little bit less digital, I would imagine, you know, playing it in for you helps, but anything else outside of that?
1: Well, Reed, then you just have to make sure that the... um the piano really fills up the whole space because, uh, the point of a piano, um, where it sounds good is when really like you can feel the stereo and, uh, it's not all like, it's not of it in your face it has to really fills up like your whole head and uh, yeah. that's why I, I like you know like warm sounding pianos uh, that are have a huge stereo um and the way to do that um there are a few uh there are stereo spreaders um in logic they give you one it's actually pretty good or there uh you can do this with a with a delay you know where uh you can basically tweak it. And like, just basically from the left side to the right side, you can delay, uh, from like a few seconds and the left side is going to play from the right, you know, like, mm. so it just fills up the, the whole sound. And I think, um, that helps a lot. And then if you EQ it well and, uh, it compress, uh, compress it, um, uh, nicely, uh, you can have a very good sound of, uh, of piano.
0: So you mentioned earlier that you're kind of in the process of switching from logic to Ableton, what prompted that? live music um
1: yeah. <laughs> because because uh i mean ableton live I, I didn't try the new um logic uh 13 no wait logic 11 i think it mm. is um where they provide you with a uh, live um features but like uh, i ableton live is just it's just it's just so good. Um I wasn't really familiar yeah. with it, but like I got into it and as I got familiar with Logic, then going from Logic to Ableton was actually not that hard. Um yeah. and I got so familiar with it and now I actually start my ideas on Ableton because it's so easy to it's so easy and quick, you know, to start an idea because you can press record and one second you have a loop that you can edit, you can tweak it, you can it's just so good. And also Ableton's uh drum library is 100 times better than logic i'm sorry logic to say this <laughs> but it's true get out of here apple whoops. Yeah. <laughs> exactly um but yes i mean, and so i got i got really um into into ableton and uh all my life shows i i uh i them on the, on the, on, the, on ableton
0: yeah. So you mentioned Ableton, um, you've been using the drum sounds from there. Anywhere else that you're going for your drum libraries? i um, personally asking this just selfishly, because I feel like you've got these kind of like nice, warm, acoustic sounding drums, but they still have that kind of digital body that fits in more of a dance record. So any insight on that?
1: One of my little trick is uh, I recurred myself like a a few sounds like just you know it can be from uh from my kitchen you know i'm just gonna record like a wooden spoon on on the plates i don't know like in or you know i don't know something i'm gonna record that and on top of that i'm gonna layer a sound like a, a snare from from logic from the their library yeah and uh and like basically for your drums to sound to sound not that cheap but like also not too electronic you really have to play this on on really like um acoustic elements and electronic elements and then pan them all together and create a nice
0: stereo environment. So I want to get into um, your latest single that you just released, but before we get into that, I think it might be good just to kind of jump into the album that you're working on that's going to be released in September. So you've been, you know, in this project for three, four years, you had another project before that. So why now did you decide it's the time to release your debut album?
1: I wasn't the, the, the artist that wanted to release an album at first. Um, I like, I always thought that nowadays, uh, our conception of music, um, in the public is all about like, oh, there's a single, uh, I'm going to listen to it. If you read an album, they're not going to take the time to do it. But mm-hmm. essentially I realized that um, I'm also not a DJ. I mean, d- DJing is another art to me, you know, because for instance, Take Carl Cox, he he's a DJ. He he can play in a club for a visa for like seventeen hours. Yeah, but I, I couldn't do that. I'm 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 a musician, and uh, to me, all musicians that like you can take from Coldplay to uh, Radiohead to U2 to uh, the police, all, all those guys, they all release albums. They're not they they never release singles, or maybe they release a single beforehand, but then yeah, uh, leading to the album, you know. Um, and I wanted to. I guess I guess I wanted to get close to them by doing this, you know? And uh, yeah. I was like, well, I have enough material to read as my first debut album that's going to put me on the
0: map, and then
1: um, and we'll see what happens next.
0: Kind of off that, let's talk about one of the singles that's going to be on that album, a track that you just released called My Go To. Kind of talk about what the inception was for that idea, and I'll just play people a little bit of a preview of it so they can hear what it sounds like.
1: All right. So yeah, my go-to, uh, was just released. Um, and I mean, I'm super happy with this record because, um, it actually was an old project, um, that I found on my old computer and I'm like, whoa, but why didn't <laughs> I continue, you know? And, yeah. um, I was actually going through a breakup and, uh, it was actually very inspiring. And, um, after post breakup, um, I found a, a new girlfriend and, uh, like the first relationship wasn't, you know, very, uh, fulfilling. And, uh, and, um, this new relationship was actually like, it made me realize like, wow, you know, like you're my go-to basically you're whenever I need you, whenever I, I, I feel blue, yeah. cause that, that's the <laughs> lyrics basically, uh, yeah. you're always there for me. And, you know, it's actually uh, very satisfying to, to, to go from a, a relationship where you couldn't have this to a, yeah. a relationship where you can fill a, a hole, you know?
0: Yeah. How important has that been just to kind of have balance outside of music to support yourself as a musician?
1: Yes. I mean, it definitely helped, but also, um, I mean, creatively wise, being on, on the bad relationship also was very inspiring because you can talk about it. And, uh, and, and then actually you can realize that you're in a better situation, um, with, the new girlfriend. Actually, the new girlfriend, mm-hmm. there's a, actually a, a, a fun story. Uh, my new girlfriend, uh, her um, <laughs> her hand is the, is the actual artwork for uh, my go-to. Oh,
0: cool. Yeah, yeah
1: I, I took the picture. <laughs> I sent it to Armada. I was like, yeah, you should use it. I mean, it, it, it could be nice. And um, <laughs> Love that. yeah, so basically, actually, when, you know, talking about the album um, and the relationship, it's a whole, I, I called it Circle Line because... It's a whole circle of relationship. It goes from a relationship to a breakup to another relationship to a breakup, and and uh, it's basically like a whole circle of relationship that I uh, found myself between London and uh, and the end of London, um, yeah. and what helped me grow grow as a person and as an artist. So that's also was the and also Circle Line is a underground station. I mean, it's a it's an underground uh, line in London. So that was actually a shout out to to London and to you know circle line
0: yeah i love that so you kind of gave a teaser to it earlier in terms of your lyric writing process so i think it's really impressive that you do all the things around your music in terms of production songwriting and lyric writing so would you mind kind of explaining if you do have like a standard process what your uh, typical lyric writing process is for your music
1: So I work a lot myself, but like, I have a lot of help, uh, on, on the lyrics from, uh, my manager, Joshua. Um, like I always like, basically I lay down a demo and if I send it to him with like the basic words that I just sung, you know, just for top line example, he's going to be like, Mm. Oh, that sounds really good. That gives me an idea. And then he's going to send me some lyrics and then we're going to talk about it. And basically that's how we write, you know, um, we, um, uh, I basically send him the music and then we write the. So I have a lot of help from him because I have to say, um, I'm i be- I'm a better musician than a poet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's great insight just to like, you know, if you're not comfortable with how good you are at a task, don't be afraid to work with people that are a little bit better at that. And just to kind of get outside feedback from anyone in your circle. So I think it's great that you're yeah. you know, offering that up.
1: Exactly. And also what, um, I mean, to me, what took a lot of, uh, Courage, if I can say, is that I'm really not confident in the way uh, I sing and the way my voice sounds. But like mm-hmm. Josh gave me that confidence, and also the people around. So I, I'm never gonna say that I'm a great singer. You know, I'm not Ariana Grande or Justin Bieber. But like I have the voice that fits my genre, and uh, I found that way to just basically include that in my music. And uh, at the end, I'm, I'm actually really happy and also the fact that i don't have to call another singer it's first of all (laughs) much easier because finding a singer trust me it's a pain (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um and then actually
0: doing everything yourself like it's a much quicker process so kind of on that, um, you said that you're working on a live show and I you, I believe you just did a live session with Armada. So, you know, you said that you're not a DJ, you're more of a musician. So it kind of makes sense that you're doing a live show. I think a lot of people like the idea of that. So it'd be cool to hear kind of your insight on what it was like for you to develop that.
1: Well, actually it came uh, really naturally because while making the album, um, I basically thought how and i made this album uh in in my in my room with my instruments why not basically show the people how i made it basically it's like i'm on stage and i'm redoing the album like i'm looping uh, stuff yeah. and I'm um, preparing. So yeah, about the um, the live set, I did it on my rooftop in uh, in Brussels for Armada during a uh, COVID nineteen. And yeah, so if people want an insight from uh, what they can expect expect from me live, uh, they sh- they they should uh, watch that video. Yeah. But it, it was really natural for me to propose that kind of uh, stage. Um, yeah. environment, you know, like, I, I, and also, um, as I said, I'm, I'm not a DJ, so I, I, I don't know why I should, uh, pl- uh, create, uh, and produce more like kind of puppy indie electronic music and, and playing as a dance DJ, you know?
0: Yeah. Cool. So, kind of sliding away from production a little bit. It'd be interesting just to hear what your current situation looks like. I know you've got an album coming out um, next month. Are you still working on that, or are you, you know, working on original music? Are you, you know, still working a nine to five? Kind of talk me through where you're at right that right now
1: yeah um i mean no i'm not working on the album because it's uh sealed and done and uh <laughs> sent to to all the <laughs> streaming platforms um yeah. i'm actually congrats thank you man i'm actually super happy it's gonna be released you have no idea yeah so um no right now i'm actually rehearsing a lot on the live music hopefully we're going to be able to play soon i know there are a few you know, gigs happening right now, especially in, in Germany, there are a lot of like parking lots, uh, that, that became, uh, discotheques, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that they became clubs. It's actually amazing to see, but, um, mm-hmm. f- like in general, uh, it still isn't really easy to be playing uh, yeah. somewhere. Um, but yeah, so I'm working a lot on live music and, um, and also still supporting, uh, like, like I'm doing covers on Instagram and and doing my thing you know just keep playing live and uh and rehearsing and and learning and educating myself about everything
0: so you mentioned um some of the covers that you're doing i think it'd be interesting to hear more about those and just in general what you're doing just to kind of keep the needle moving right now with covid and with really no shows going on at least for the next month or so
1: yeah um so basically the covers i it's all the songs that inspire me and that have inspired me uh, along the years. Um, everything that I basically feel like, oh, it, it sounds like me and uh, it's it's um, authentic to me. Yeah, everything that just basically sounds great. I'm just gonna cover it myself. Like I'm just gonna redo the whole instrumental, sing over it, and then play with uh, the Clementines. The Clementines yeah. are. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that on Instagram. It's uh, it's uh, my new kind of. Uh, concept where uh, where i basically duplicate myself as a mm. as as an instrument uh, player so i can be playing the bass i can be playing the piano singing and playing the guitar at the same time and there's going to be five clements uh, in the room <laughs> and um, and yeah we're all playing together sometimes the guitarist is very not nice with me but that's fine
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love that and i think that's I don't know, just such a cool way to be able to demonstrate what you're able to do as a musician too. Um, I think like Jacob Collier kind of got his start doing a lot of similar videos where, you know, there's just the many Jacobs in his room performing. So I think that's a great way, especially doing the style that you're doing, because there's not a lot of people in this kind of dance crossover indie space that are also doing that.
1: It's funny that you mentioned Jacob Collier because he, he's a huge inspiration. I mean, sometimes yeah. it's, it's kind of uh, frustrating to see a guy who's like two years older <laughs> than you and that basically yeah. plays like a 75 year old uh, dude that's been playing all his life. Um, yeah. but like he's so talented and he's so inspiring. Um, and I, I, yeah, actually it's, it's funny that you mentioned that he made that videos. Uh, it, it he used to do that a long time ago, but like I completely forgot.
0: Cool. So just a couple more questions and then we'll wrap things up. I would imagine that you, like all artists run into creative blocks. So do you have any like routines or habits or just general tricks that you use that kind of help you overcome those creative ruts? Uh, yeah. Don't force it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's literally my my biggest
1: trick. I mean, during, uh, during COVID-19, I was creatively zero like uh, mm-hmm. it, it was it was really hard and uh, if you force it i mean it's just you're gonna end up do, like l- wasting your time really because you're gonna end up like creating something yeah. and then the morning after you're gonna be like oh i made this oh i'm super excited to listen and then you're like <laughs> and you're like oh, all yeah. right well that's <laughs> that's not what i had in mind <laughs> so i mean creative blocks can happen but like i mean
0: don't force it i mean that's my that's my general uh, um approach Cool. So, um, two more questions. Next one I want to ask is we've got a lot of newer producers listening to this podcast. What advice would you give to somebody that's just starting out with production to give them the best chance of success moving forward with music?
1: I don't know to give them the best uh, chance of, uh, of success, but like, if they're true to what they do, um, they're likely to, to be successful and, uh, listen to no one, be patient and, uh, yeah. and, uh, except you can listen to your parents and your sisters and brothers and <laughs> maybe your best friend, but not even because he might not be a, <laughs> yeah. so I don't know. So literally like your family and, um, uh, do what's true to yourself and don't try yeah. to copy literally like if you want to copy, I mean, if you want to do Petit Biscuit, that's fine, but there's already one. So try to be a new one.
0: Yeah. Kind of going back on that, um, something that I probably should have asked earlier with the Tropical House stuff that you were making, you had releases on Armada and and I would imagine if you were doing that, you had kind of a great trajectory going with it. So for you, was it a difficult decision to kind of, you know, not necessarily throw that away, but to have to switch away from that?
1: it was it was a very very hard decision yes um because i had quite a little uh, reputation i had like 23000 people following me on soundcloud so I, at that time it was it was kind of big and i was yeah. starting touring and stuff and then i moved to london and and uh like the decisions came uh, pretty fast to be like all right well i'm not going to go anywhere if uh because i wasn't really true to myself i was like Basing myself on the trend, so I was seeing Kaigo yeah. getting so many million uh, plays on on uh, on 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 SoundCloud because of of his style, and I'm like, but Clem, like, if you do Kaigo there's no, you're not gonna go anywhere. It's gonna be a, a battle, a war. Just be a new kaigo yeah. That's it, you know. And mm-hmm. so it was hard, but at some point in your life, yeah, you need to make that kind of decisions, otherwise, uh, you're not gonna go anywhere.
0: Cool. So uh, last question, we've got your album coming out next month. We've got your latest single, My Go To, which was just released that everybody should go check out. Anything else that's going to be coming up for you in the next few months?
1: well hopefully gigs um <laughs> yeah. but otherwise you can expect um you can expect a lot of covers a lot of new content uh a lot of new promotion a few videos on youtube uh video clips uh there's going to be a lot going on a, a few interviews um i mean i don't know it, it's just i'm going to be try to to stay as close as uh, as possible to my community and uh, and stay uh, true to myself
0: awesome I love that Well, with that, we'll wrap things up for this episode. You can find Colin Oru's music in the description of this podcast, so go give it a listen as this episode is just about over. Comment, it's been great chatting with you. Appreciate you being on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Have a good day.